0: Hi folks. Before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know.
1: (laughs) Guten Tag, Kinder. (laughs) it's 5.59 and it is time to dance! You are looking in it with Engineer Jim on 86. .7 W-L-O-A-D The Lord Home of the best German pop music in the United States Atul Yes, use yourself my personal favorite. Ay-ya, Eratica ay-ya, Circus ay-ya. Breakfast Cereal. Yes, by Feast, my favorite band. Yes, the hottest DJ to come out of Dusseldorf. Up next are the two baddest Dumkoffs on the planet, <laughs> Jay and Dan. So, everybody, dance! This engineer team, it is time to roofie myself. So, get into it on 86.7, the W L O A D, the giant lord, where we drop the very best German pop music on you. Only on the low. Yeah. If we're in your
2: Previously on the Jay and Dan Podcast. I really appreciate everyone telling me I look like that Netflix lawyer. Burger King. Whopper. What a burger. The Whopper is a stellar burger. Tasty burger. <laughs> We've got some shit you might want to watch.
3: Jay and Dan's birthday adventure land.
2: Come on, it'll be fun would be a good name for our birthday place.
3: Fold up table in the middle of the room. There's your party That's place. That's it. You
2: <laughs> just get around the table. I'd like extra salami. <laughs> Putting it into their mouths like...
3: Oh. <laughs> So, photographer, a homeless clown, and all-you-can-eat salami. <laughs> Come on, it'll be fun. We could be like UN negotiators, yeah.
2: making a dream. <laughs> Starring Jane Dan, hundred slices of salami. Do with it what you will.
0: You're listening to the Jane and Dan podcast.
2: Hey! <laughs> See you.
3: It's episode ninety-seven of the Jan Podcast.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. oh my god!
2: What is going on here? I sound like garbage. I'm sorry. Oh.
1: Max schnell. <laughs> wow. it, it sounds
3: like engineer jim has a touch of a cold i've got uh, are you yeah.
2: suffering from uh a little, little under the weather too much yeah, m- too many yeah. snaps <laughs> <laughs> yeah. too much scoops and snaps
4: i'm a little hungover
2: <laughs> are you seriously are you no no, <laughs> no. <night? laughs> wow you know who might be this guy right here Whoa. what an epic All right. day he had yesterday
3: yeah we'll get into that uh because we just returned from uh, Canada this morning. We went up to uh, to host the Labatt National Sales Conference in Toronto. Uh, it was at the Royal York a Historic Hotel in Toronto, mm-hmm. which they just renovated. Yeah, It's they, a- they beautiful. They did a really
2: good job. The, the argument against the Royal York in the past, beautiful old CP Hotel, and the thing with the CP Hotels, their old hotels, rooms are small, and the... Furniture was junky and dingy. They've upped the game big time there now. That's right. Royal York, it's back. It's back, baby. Royal York, bring all your prostitutes. Out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so we had a problem getting there. We were on the same flight. We flew American out. And oh, this is the first time. We go. This is the first time it's I've ever experienced this. So we're at the gate. We're ready to board. They make an announcement saying, we're just waiting for one crew member, and then we can get going. Yeah. Two and a half hours later, they said,
2: oh, we finally found someone. And the, and this is the thing. Okay, so fair enough. These things happen. Someone's really hungover, too many snaps and scoops. They don't show up. Fair enough. But you have to have a contingency. Plan. Yes. So the poor lady at the at the desk there at the gate. I felt bad for because she was like, she was literally like. We're calling scheduling, and they're not getting back to us. And then they were throwing
3: the, the flight attendant who didn't show up under the bus. They're like, yeah, we've called her, and she's not
2: answering. She's not oh. answering.
3: We've <laughs> called her, so
2: you guys are just going to... And then they were like, uh, why don't you guys go away for an hour? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, check back every once in a while. We're like, what? So, what, you know, if I do that, and then I come back, and they're like, oh, the flight's gone. She showed up. Sorry. Hey
1: babe, you
3: wanna go out.
2: It, it makes no sense how a company can just cease operations because one person doesn't show up. And then you get on the American Airlines cabin. This is a flight from Los Angeles to Toronto. It's and, five we hours. Get in, and we're we're they were kind enough to fly, fly us up first class, so we're appreciative. Get in the cabin. No TVs, no yeah. monitors, no iPads, no TVs. Nothing.
3: American just bought U.S. Airways, and it was an old U.S. Airways plane that was built just after the stagecoaches.
2: That'll make Jay and Dan happy. Why? How can you just hand out iPads? They're like $20 now. Apple stock <laughs> is in the You can get them used for $20. Yeah,
3: so that was a that was No wonder you guys and are I always w- so busy on
2: the computer. I waited so long, I
3: left my jacket at the gate, and i am out my keys, everything, and I've got no jacket.
2: Uh, and then, and then you, the best, though, is that then we land in Toronto and you're like, Where's my jacket? And you're like looking in the overhead compartment. And you're like, My jacket isn't here. Someone took it.
3: Someone stole it. <laughs> I still think that might have Someone
2: stole the jacket. I'm like, Old I'm... <laughs> man, toolsy. Yeah, pretty. I think you might have left it. You might have left it back there.
3: Uh, but uh, so fun being part of the the of it. We got to see
2: like their their Super Bowl commercials.
3: Everything was so cool. Yeah. And seeing
2: their new products that they're coming up with. It's you know uh, having worked in the broadcasting industry for the last fifteen to twenty years. It's refreshing to work for a company whose employees are actually treated well and enjoy working for <laughs> said company and don't feel like they're under threat of being uh, fired all the time. What? We just Trent's started. On a, we he's just on a tight started. schedule. He can only, only do it in two minutes. We told him 5.15. Okay. okay. Traeger <laughs> <laughs> bomb. A lot of Anyway. He's got a dinner with an agent, so.
3: These people, so the, the event starts at like 8 a.m. They're wired. Yeah. They've got like noisemakers. It's like holy, it's like a, a cult.
2: Yeah, because uh, uh, InBev, uh, b- b- like the company is out of Brazil. And they bought Anheuser-Busch, formed this massive AB InBev, this massive conglomerate. But they have adopted the Brazilian mentality now. This exciting, everyone's fired up. The CEO, uh, Brito, is from Brazil. Brito. They were like, Brito is greeting us with Skype. He's, he's on Skype. They were so excited to hear from Brito. Um, we had a great time. Now, Dan, you were deathly ill. You hadn't slept all, you had slept for 20, oh, 24 yeah, I, hours? I
3: was trying to, I just went into shopper's drug mart and cleared out a shelf of cold medication, and I think I over-medicated, and I was, I couldn't sleep, so I was up for 48 hours.
2: And so, you get there in the morning, you haven't sl- slept for 48 hours, and you say to me, I'm going to try to drink as many uh, bottles of Labatt beer today. And I
3: asked camp. them, I'm like, guys, can I do this? It's a experiment. And... Uh, Throughout the day, I consumed beer, and I actually got better.
2: Now, the best part was, you started the day, and you said, guys, I don't <laughs> think I can zoom as many Molson beers as I can. And, and I didn't even hear you say that, and the crowd was like, <laughs>
1: That's right. It,
3: it was a Labatt event, and first, one minute in, I say Molson. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Incredible.
2: <laughs> and But yeah. the best part is, then, all the CEOs for the rest of the day, oh, sorry, this beer isn't good enough for Dan. He, <laughs> He wishes that he was at a Molson event. I, I
3: didn't oh, know uh, Budweiser number one beer in Canada yeah. by a long shot.
2: Yeah, big time. They're killing it. No, we had fun there, and then, uh, and then you. Yeah, it's true. You so you drink twelve beers over the course of the day. Mm-hmm. I maybe had six tops. You crushed twelve. By it the was end a of the, long event. It was. It was like seven a.m. till six p.m. By in that five to six range, you were. This is weird. You're like you were not really coherent in your thoughts, <laughs> but. <laughs> You were incredibly coherent in
3: your readings. That's right. When I had no beers in my system, I couldn't get a sentence out. And then I was
2: like, all of a sudden, Dan you, Rather. Yeah, you're like a young Tom Brokaw, just crushing those words out to the people. And <laughs> crushing then the, those words. And then at the very end, you're like, talking, you're talking, at the very end, you're like, thanks for having us. And you did a literal mic drop. Like, I look over, it, <laughs> you're like, thanks, everybody. And it's just like, <laughs> You drop the mic, and I look over at the CEO, Jan Kraps, and he's like, we're not bringing these guys back.
3: Uh, the one question, and I want to pose this to you, because we saw a lot of Bud Light commercials, and they're crazy. Like, yeah. they're like,
2: whoa, Yeah, EDM and UFC, they're all in on that stuff. And,
3: and I said, if you lived in a Bud Light commercial, would you live more than a day?
2: No, you'd die. Like, every time. <laughs> and and you know what I think of Two Tools? Like, they had that contest where you're like, get on the Bud Light train and go from Toronto to Banff. I'm sorry, by the time I'm in Thunder Bay, I'm like, I'm sick of these people. The toilets are disgusting at this point. I want to get off this Train at this point. I want to get off this Bud Light train. Let get me off, me off and- the train. Let me off with f- Brandon. I'm good. <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> uh, is
3: Peter Schrager joining us on the line? Yeah. Peter Schrager. It's Super Bowl next week. It's your Super Bowl. This is it. Dan. This is the
0: equivalent to uh, Game Seven of the Stanley or the the Wales Conference Finals.
1: <laughs> the Prince of Wales Conference. Uh, when, when do you head? When do you head out? Quebec plays
0: Philadelphia. <laughs> We've got all of them. Owen Nolan is on the ice. Eric Lindros. Michael Renberg. We're there. Couldn't get Ron Tugnut on the air this week. Tommy Salo. Andrew crazy. Raycroft. Corey Schwab. Corey Hirsch. Chris <laughs> <Bye>. Terreri.
1: <laughs>
2: Schrager. You I'm, in inter- Mobile, I'm in Mobile, Alabama right Oh, now. yes. A little Senior Bowl action? This is
0: not one of my... Shadily, one of my favorite weeks of the NFL year It's all the best college prospects Who are seniors They're trying out in front of the teams In a little scrimmage action called the Senior Bowl Down here in Mobile, Alabama The reason why, I have no idea (laughs) The city is just empty And the only people in it are just football people Coaches, GMs, front offices Overweight guys like myself trying to cover the thing, and uh, we're having a blast. It's been great, and then we got Super Bowl this week. Uh, I I could not be happier. Things are great.
2: Shreiks, where do you eat? Like, where do you go to eat? Does everyone go together? Maybe you're going out with an agent maybe tonight. Getting some info.
0: I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that one undisclosed agent, but it's one of the top prospects agents. Also got a few big free agents. Uh, we're going to talk. I'm going to grease the wheels a little bit. Then I'm going to ask him to pay for it because I can't expense that. So, <laughs> Trigger, <boss. laughs> and Trigger.
3: You sent out a tweet saying you've never met so many financial advisors. Gross. Um, uh, this yeah. is
0: like vultures and hawks. I think they see all the stories of these kids going broke. And I think everyone just sees dollar signs. This is the first time. I don't know why they don't let them on the field. But the practice ends, and usually scouts will walk on the field introduce themselves to these players. I was on the field yesterday kind of watching these kids are being bombarded yeah. by financial advisors from New York, from Texas, from everywhere, trying to just give them their business card. I could write some big expose on this. However, I read up on it, the NFL is encouraging this. The NFL encourages it. They think it's great. Like, hey, better let's send in some financial advisors to help these kids get their finances in order from a young age. To me, though, it seems a little shady. Um, I don't know if I'm talking out of school and the NFL is going to clip my wings on this, but I'd rather the kids just make the NFL first and deal with the financial advisor side of it second.
2: Um, Shregs, this past weekend, you on the field interviewed, albeit briefly, but you got an interview with Peyton Manning after he and the Broncos win the AFC Championship game. Just take us through that. How did the interview happen? Was it, uh, in your mind, maybe the pinnacle of your career so far?
0: Big spot, I'll tell you that. Big spot because of how complicated and hard it is to get. So, not to, tap, not to go nuts on uh, patting myself on my own back. This is a do collective it. effort do it. of my Pat producer on the back. And, and the PR staff who helped make it happen and Peyton himself, who I've had somewhat of a relationship with, willing to do it. But the non-broadcast partner, which in this case was Fox, CBS was the broadcast partner, has very little to do with these games. So Fox sends me with one goal in mind. They send me on a Friday with one goal. Get one question with one of the stars of the game. One question, that's it, because on our studio show, we're going to do a highlight, we're going to toss to that clip, and then we're going to go back to the game at halftime. So this is major pressure, and I'm telling you, I know our Fox bosses, they're not doing flips if I come back and say, hey guys, I got the big Emmanuel Sanders interview. (laughs) They They want the biggest name of the game, and I know for a fact the Patriots already told me, I love those guys, but the Patriots PR staff said, I said, can I get Brady? They said, Brady hasn't done an interview with anyone all year. He hasn't done one with GQ. He hasn't done one with the New York Times. He hasn't done one with anyone. He's not doing one with anybody. I said, please. I really
1: Please.
0: I said, please. Like, my bosses like, are sending me, I can't come back with the big Jamie Collins interview. Said, can, we, can we get Brady if they win? And the response I got, which was classic, uh, their PR guy, Stacey James, said, Tom is going to do what he does best on this one. Pass. And I like, oh. All right. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I, I've got Edelman or Gronkowski on that one side. I think they'll take care of me on that. But the Broncos, there's a long shot I can get Peyton. I know their guys pretty well. Peyton and I have had a good relationship. Game ends. He's on the podium. All this thing. I make eye contact with Peyton. I put up one finger, meaning one question. He nods his head. The PR guy gives me the look. We get the one question in. He does it. We send it in, and I jump up like Jordan after he, you know, hits the game winning <laughs> shot against the Blazers. And then I gave a little Cliff Robinson shrug of the shoulders. Like, I don't know. I'm in the zone. I don't know. I don't know how it happened.
3: did it. Like, so, your, your camera guy who's shooting that, does he know the enormity of this? Because uh, you must have you know, to. He's a local guy, and he's, like, <laughs> you know, checking his phone afterwards. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you missed the
2: cord. Press He's just concerned yeah. with headroom. That's yeah, all.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's worried about where they're eating afterwards. But we got it in, sent it in, uh the Fox guys were thrilled. It made air, which is huge, and my phone blew up and then I took a very self uh self-celebratory uh, photo and put it on Facebook of me interviewing Peyton Manning, which is, you know, just uh, the ultimate non-humble brag there. Yeah. Here I am with Peyton Manning in my name and cry uh, you know, in writing. <laughs> uh,
2: how, how many hours were you erect afterwards? Four <laughs> or so five? Yeah.
0: We're, we're doing this phone call now on Wednesday. Still, still erect.
3: Still <laughs> semi-chubs. Okay, so uh, still get erect. us pumped for this Super Bowl, Shregs. Yeah, I think it's an amazing, amazing matchup between two very different teams
0: Um, Look, if you're from north of the border and you need a storyline, it's the young versus old. It's Cam Newton on the ascension. He's on his way up. He's only going to get better. And then it's Peyton Manning and probably uh, the Sheriff's last rodeo. So you've got two great quarterbacks going at it, two totally different styles. Cam Newton's a mobile, big-arms quarterback. Peyton Manning has no arm, can't move, and yet is winning with his mind. Um, Just a fascinating matchup, and then two of the best defenses you'll ever see. Between Denver and Carolina, both both teams have just superstars on the defensive side of the ball. I can't wait. I mean, I think it's going to be great, and I think this media week, you're going to learn about a lot of new players. I think guys that have big mouths that are very fun for the game. I think Josh Norman, the Panthers cornerback, is going to yeah. blow everyone away. This guy is out of his mind. I mean, uh, uh, clinically out <laughs> yeah. of his mind. I think he's going to be hilarious. Akib Talib on the one side with Denver, and then Von Miller in his glasses is one of the greatest quotes you'll ever get. So. A lot of big personalities. Obviously, Cam Newton's going to be the star of it, and uh, we'll be there in San Francisco for Fox.
2: And, uh, boy, Von Miller made a lot of cash in that AFC championship he's game. He's a free agent. Oh, uh, my God. Jay,
0: so he's going to make money anyway, but this was like, all right, I'm going to get the richest player, Richest player ever but
2: yeah. wait wait can we go back to you you i'm glad you called peyton the sheriff because my favorite thing from sunday was when when they're in i think chris myers was interviewing cam i can't remember who it was And cam's like oh who are we playing i'm like cam yeah. come on and then and then he says oh we're playing the sheriff i'm like with the sheriff is that we're oh, all yeah, gonna call been, him the sheriff now
0: that's been his nickname around the league forever but like the media was slow to it i guess it didn't get to bristol or la that like people call him that but around the league the other quarterbacks call him the Sheriff. I think it's one of it. the greatest nicknames ever. So cool. Uh, guys, can I, can I give you one thing from my end on you guys? Let's say about this. Next week, I'll be in San Francisco. And for the listeners who are in the state, every night I'm told we're doing a live back and forth from an iconic San Francisco landmark. So I might be at Fisherman's Wharf. Oh I, might be on the, I might be on the Golden Gate Bridge just staring down my demise. <laughs> and, and you guys are going to be on the other end in a studio in LA, and we're going to be talking from San Francisco. It's going to be
2: cool. You're going to be at the uh, the Pearl Oyster Bar with the Jacob Pearl Ullman, Bar, right? Is, y- you is and that Jacob?
0: Jacob dimes? I don't know. Well, I mean, Jacob's in the room with us different right
2: different. now. Jacob, hugest fan of the podcast. He's going to be at the o- Oyster. I think, Jacob, that's like your favorite restaurant in America, right?
3: Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty yeah, good.
0: right. <laughs> high energy, high energy. Wait, I wait love it. Shregs, you. Someone calmed Jake down. He was like shot out of a cannon with that. Energy.
3: <laughs> you know, you're in Mobile, Alabama. It's intimidating.
2: Like <laughs> <laughs> ja- uh, Jacob and Peter, night on the town in San Fran. What does this consist of? Go.
0: Okay, it starts off. We go to a video arcade and we play video games. <laughs> it, that's where we start. That's our pregame. And Then we go to a, the best vegetarian spot in the city because Jake is a vegetarian. Oh, I'm yeah. all about that. Forget fish, about fish that. though, no, no oh, San fish. Francisco. So we'll be at the, we'll be at, we'll be at the Olive Garden. We'll get to the Dover <laughs> Soul. The two of the us, Dover soul. we're getting the Dover Soul. soul. We're getting it. We're going to go big. Uh, and then afterwards, it's me, him, it's Papa John. We're going to have some cocktails with Paul tonight. <laughs>
2: oh Just, my God! Well, Papa
0: John, he'll be there, won't he? Oh, but Papa John. How can Gallagher he not be there. there? He'll be everywhere. It's Peyton Manning Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, that's so true. I, I got I'm so excited about it. Tregs, we're excited to talk to you all next week. Will you will you maybe give us a shout from San Francisco next week and we'll talk to you on the, on the on the guys, podcast?
0: I would love that. I'm also uh as of now I'm being told I'm gonna be appearing on Katie Nolan's show, The Garbage Time, uh, oh, every the, day from San Francisco. So I'm excited for that as well.
2: Oh Le Ton du Garbage. I love <laughs>
3: Well, enjoy your time in Alabama, and then uh, uh, safe travels to the Super Bowl, and we'll talk to you there, Peter. Dan, thank you. I'll tell Kelly Rudy you say hello. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that Kelly is Rudy. Our
3: NFL insider, Peter Schrager. You can follow him on Twitter, at uh, P.
2: Um, We did mention who's on the Wall of Fame this week. It's Chris Commander Chris Hadfield, once the commander of the International Space Station, famous Canadian astronaut. Um his book was like, like continues to be like the number one bestseller in Canada. Like for two straight years or three straight years, it's insane. That guy's cleaning up on the speakers tour right now. Oh, yeah. Sure. And then he uh he played he was he was known for playing the tunes, the tions, the tions. on his uh, guitar. And we forgot to mention we've still
3: got a perfect attendance for uh 2016. A perfect podcast attendance. I have, yeah. To,
2: yeah. I have to say something right now. Uh I'm amazed that Pat was able to pull himself away from his elaborate inking on his arm. He was getting <laughs> and he inked out. Yes, let's all see weekend. this. You had a big, got inked big new up. tattoo. Can we see big it? Big tats.
5: Yeah. Oh, no. I'm not
2: take huh. my shirt off. It's Why not? Take your shirt <laughs> take off. Take take it off. off. Take your shirt off. Take your shirt. Take your shirt off, Well Damn. Take it yeah. off for everyone. <laughs> Plays his own strip club music. It, everyone so wants I'm, to see it. I'm ruining the perfect attendance next week. I'm gonna be with San, I'm gonna be in San Francisco. Oh, uh, what shirt. are you gonna be doing there? Not much. Just <laughs> no, but se- going but to the seriously, parties. No, what will you actually do on a day to day basis? This is your chance to really this this tell us very boring. Put us in the put us in the corner. Uh, put clay, baby in the corner clay's broadcasting live every day from clay travis clay you're travis, referring to yes. um from likely from Twitter. we have a broadcast location set up at the twitter headquarters in san francisco also a spot on radio row so at the buzzer is going to be shooting videos from both radio row and twitter headquarters all day we'll be handling distribution wait live at broadcast. the buzzer's
3: going <laughs> does everyone in the company go to every event but
2: us yes i, I yes thought did. that has been clear for about you know, <laughs> you know, that's very clear uh, okay. at the buzzer it's a lot of live broadcasts What stuff. what is at the buzzer you ask I don't even that's not important it's true <laughs> okay well have fun there um, <laughs> Pat uh, will you get more ink when you go hopefully Pat will you be inked all over the body at one point by head to toe probably by the end of the year you By gotta the end get. Of the year? Oh, nice! Really? I'm just kidding. I can't afford it. You have to oh, get a nice. neck tat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is a serious question. Like, I'll what a uh, massive tat? Like you got over the weekend? Like, what, how much does that run? I sound like toolsy here. How much does that cost? <laughs> it was only a fill, but that was like 500 bucks.
1: Whoa! So It's a That's not bad. It's, it's on you for scratch. Life.
2: Yeah? yeah. Think about it. I guess yeah. you could buy so much weed with that, though.
3: We haven't mentioned <laughs> who our guest is this week. Jim Jackson. Yeah. Coolest guy in the room.
2: Whatever. That's, should we? Should we do that now? Yeah, yeah, let's bring him in. He's waiting just outside the door. <laughs> Jim, Jim, come on in here.
3: Let's welcome him in. Jim Jackson, everybody. Jim Jim Jackson. Jim Jackson. Jim There he is. Yes.
5: Hydrate. 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 How are you? Hydrate. Hydrate. We got water for you. Uh, we all got fresh haircuts. We all got fresh haircuts. Very
2: excited. Oh, yeah, please. That's one. There we go. So. Yeah, take a good
5: swig before we get started. uh, Why the hydration? What's going on Uh, here, Jim? You know, it came came from air travel. Oh. I dehydrated in the air. Is that true, Jim? Yep. Well, (laughs) you can tell us. Part of it is true because of the (laughs) intake of alcohol that I had before I got on the plane led to more dehydration. Because you
2: were in Miami. Who said that? You were in Miami? You were in South Beach? Yeah, proof. Oh, Jim Jackson. But for a good cause. You were there for the a charity. I,
5: I, I was there for it. Alonzo Morning does it. I mean, well, first of all, his his family foundation, he and his wife, they do so many great things for the city of Miami and the youth. They have a rec center, they did a youth center in Overtown. They have a school named after them. They raise a lot of money, bringing a lot of corporate sponsors. So anytime Alonzo asks, you know, a lot of us just uh, go out our way to make sure that we're there to support him and his, and his wife. Zoe seems like a cool cat. But you got to know Zoe. He was, <laughs> he was considered an considered When he played. I mean, before, when he played, just because of his demeanor. Yeah. He was kind of – people f- kind of felt that at times he was unapproachable. Right. But that's just because he didn't trust a lot of people. He didn't know a lot of people. But once you get to know him – you like oh he's cool. I mean we've been we go back to high school. Uh, we got drafted you know the same year. We yeah. played together in Miami. So I understand who he is. And once you get to know him and understand his mindset and his thinking, it, it's totally opposite. But he but he had a reputation for a while. Who
2: now who are you closest with when you played? Who who are you like the the closest right. tight knit guys that you hung
5: with? Uh, it one was Sam Cassell, and, and the re- <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is because he he came from Phoenix to Dallas. And we got traded together to New Jersey. It was a big, big trade. It was like six or seven players. So we were in we were in Vancouver at the time playing, and we got the word that said, you know, just what they tell you, don't come downstairs. A trade about to happen. So, you know, we get stuck in Vancouver. We go out that night. Um. Yes, because we're getting traded to Jersey. So we're going from Dallas, which is a bad situation, and we're going to Jersey, which is worse. So the whole time I'm complaining about – I'm calling my agent. I can't believe this. And Sam was like, Jimmy, what are you mad for? We're about to go to New York. We're about to be in the city every night. Why are you so upset? So since then – we became really close he was at my wedding and, and we maintained our friendship
2: is Sam Casella the the big balls oh yeah big, yeah, yeah yeah that's it that's was thing he he's coaching now i feel like yeah. i always thought like he's going to be head coach someday he is wants that what be. he wants to do he, he wants yeah. to be it,
5: but you know it's so tough to one you you go through the system of being an assistant coach okay? And he's with Doc which was great so he and he was at and he was in uh, before with Randy um and what's Randy's last name? huh No, Over. No. No. Oh, um, Whitman? Wait, Whitman. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I only know why. I played before. He was my assistant coach in Dallas, <laughs> and, and to my head coach in Cleveland just when he was in Washington. So he wants to pursue that path, right? But again, it's it's only so many jobs that are that become available. But then it's also what type of job you don't you just don't want any job. So
2: and it's but, also a little bit of who you know, right? Yo, like how, how does Derek Fisher go right to coach hey, in the yeah. Knicks? Well, cause but that was a Phil's relationship, guy, right? yeah, the relationship yeah. with Phil, yeah.
5: and hopefully some kind of management that um relationship that Sam has could bowl well for him to be a head coach one day.
3: We have to talk about your career because it yeah, was so unique. Incredible. You tied a league record okay, for teams played for. Mavs, Lakers, Rockets, Nets, Sixers, Hawks, Suns, Kings, Heat, Blazers, Cavs, Warriors. Not in that order. Of those teams, <laughs> which <laughs> of those stand out where you're like, yeah, like that, didn't like that, like that. Oh, you want the honest answer? Yes. Yes.
5: Miami was awesome.
3: Yeah.
5: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for a lot of obvious reasons. But here's the thing about Miami: when, you, when I played, from Pat Riley was there. He had his finger on the pulse of the team, and he knew if you went out, he knew if you were hanging out too much. So you, it's not like you could really truly enjoy and, and plus part of being a professional what I learned anyway was that if you do things like that you better come with it. you can't miss games you can't be tired you can't you know not give your best effort but in Miami it was just a different lifestyle I mean just sometimes after practice I would just go to the beach just hang out mm-hmm. you have lunch you know what I mean but not that I would be out every night but it was just different I'll tell you what um, Phoenix was great because of our team the makeup of our team was really good I- ironically Sacramento was probably where I fell in love with the game again, because it because not you know the city is a little tough, but they love their basketball. At that mm-hmm. time, the Kings were rolling, but with Chris Webber, Vlade, Mike Bibby, uh, uh, Bobby Jackson, Hito turkulu Paisha, Doug Christie, <laughs> yeah. our team, Scott Pollard, our team was so close. My, my my former teammate Lawrence Funderburg, we were so close that we would hang out together. Like, same thing in Phoenix. Is that a unique thing then for a team? It is because you just don't have a lot of guys. Because you, you, you're you professional. You either marry, you got family, or yeah. you do your own thing. You may have a clique where one or two guys hang out. But yeah. even in Phoenix, it was not only the core group of players, but our managers hung out with us. Wow. So we, it may be five guys over here and may do something, in five, but then eventually we'll all hook up. You know what I mean?
2: And I, it's interesting, like, would you rather be in Miami where it's like the lifestyle's amazing and maybe you have a, a good relationship with your teammates, or would you rather be, do you think it's better for a team to be in a place like Sacramento, mm-hmm. which is maybe not the coolest town, but because of the fact that it's not the coolest town, you guys all kind of bonded.
5: Well, look at San Antonio, and that's not taking anything away from, from there. I lived in Houston. I lived in Dallas. San Antonio's totally different. But because there's not a lot of night activity, there's always something to do. Yeah, They've got the river walk. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I mean, after a while, I mean, I, I go to Santa Time. you know, the river, river walk is played out for me. I mean, yeah, I, I've done yeah. it so it many times. I've never good. even been there. It doesn't, I, smell,
3: it doesn't, doesn't good? Know that. smell good. Smell good. good? No, no. You ever been? No, Jay told me about it. He's like, they've got the river walk. Well, That's...
5: you should go once to see it. Okay. But back to your, back to your point. It depends. I think it depends on a couple things. Where you're at in your career. As a young player, you love to go to Miami, New York, L.A. As a young player. As you get older, your priorities change, and you look at it totally different. Where, you know, yeah, I could, you know, play. If if it was a championship contending team, the city really doesn't matter because we're on the road. Um, But yet and still, uh, it can keep you focused. But it it depends on where you're at in your career and your personality. Also, it depends on your personality. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a Kevin Durant. I think he's really comfortable as a young player being in Oklahoma. He loves it there. He loves it. Whereas some players at that age maybe are looking for a bigger city yeah. that could offer more. You must have seen
3: <laughs> the the advancement of social media because you guys must have got away with a
5: lot, a lot. when you played. Oh, a lot. Do you feel bad for current players? I do. Because there's no way what we did, and not that we were doing anything like... You were just having fun. We had fun, but we didn't have to worry about... Somebody taking a picture and posting it immediately, mm-hmm. putting you in an uncompromising situation, which could have been, to me it's always, well, you can get a picture, and it really doesn't tell the whole story, okay? I could be sitting there with my arm around a female that I may have known for years, okay? Maybe she, hang, she hung out with us. But that picture, when you send it out, oh, it looks like this. And no matter how many times you try to explain it, doesn't matter, because mm-hmm. what people see initially is what they're going to think. Yep. And with players today, I mean, and think about this, okay, for the Philadelphia 76ers, I've been through the losing before. My first year we won 11 games, second year we won 13. You know, the difference is we didn't have social media. Yeah. So we heard about it, ESPN and little stuff like that, but I didn't have to worry about the tweets or the Instagrams or the Snapchats or the Facebooks, any of those outlets, Twitter, um, that you just hear about it. So today's world, technology is great. But at the same time, you're talking about an invasion of privacy. It's, it's it's unbelievable. But did you ever have people chirping you
3: on the street and like calling you into a fight?
5: No. But what you have was when you go to opposing arenas, you would have, you know, opposing fans really do that. But I, I think the, the society has changed so much in those 20 years is that God, people say anything to you now. Yeah. They do not care. I don't I mean, is no filter whatsoever. Especially when it comes to professional athletes, are people voicing their opinion?
2: When you mentioned those early years in Dallas, um, man, you guys like it was the coolest thing, mm-hmm. right? It was you and Jamal and Jason, and it was it was like this is it. You yeah, guys are the next big three, and then it all kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. What's your what are your memories of that? How, how what's your take on it now, looking back on it? Yeah,
5: it, it's it's interesting because we it was such a dynamic time for us. Um, I was the first one, then Jamal got drafted, then it was Jason. Ironically, though, the three of us never played a full season together. No, because Jamal came in with me. It was my second year, Jamal's first year. We played a full season. Mm -hmm. Then my third year, Jason Kidd came in. Well, 51 games into the season, I got hurt. So we didn't complete that season. The next season, Jamal had got hurt. Okay. Then that next season, we all got traded. Right. So we never really got a chance to fulfill the – our potential. Now let's back up too. We had four different coaches and three different ownership changes within five years. So when people talk about well what happened, yeah, it was we were young. We had different things pulling at us, but at the same time we didn't have the oversight of a Mark Cuban, a management that understood how to rein in and kind of grow and mature this this young breath of talent. Mm. We didn't have a Pat Riley. We didn't so And he also just treated the players better. Correct. When Cuban came in, like he pampered. Oh, well, his I, I mean, our ownership at the time and blessed Donald Carter because he still got a piece of the team. And when they won a championship, they honored him. They didn't know. I mean, they ran it a little bit differently. You know, you know, they just they just didn't know how to really build on young talent that we had from a management perspective, marketing perspective. I mean, it was. I mean, it was coming at them so fast and at us as young players. As mm-hmm. I look back at it, um, it's a lot of things I learned from it. You know, a lot of mistakes we made, but I still go back to the fact that if we would have had, you know, the the right management structure and been more consistent, who knows what could have happened, you know, three, four, five, six years down the line.
2: Um, and then you you're, you mentioned Phoenix too, mm-hmm. and you played with Steve Nash oh, and love every, Steve and everyone you know who listens to us, a lot of Canadians. So we'd love to get just your take love on, him. yeah, I'd just love to get your take. Um, you, you look at the guy and you are like, how is this guy such an amazing? You know, mm-hmm. how did this happen?
5: I think a lot of it had to do with his ability to play soccer. Okay, he's not the quickest, he's not the fastest, but he understands how to play. You know, and he he puts himself in a position where. He's a point guard that can score, that can shoot, but he facilitates. I remember one game we had, we were in Golden State, and uh, I was on the bench watching him the first quarter. It was amazing how he controlled just the pace of the game and just everything. And Coach was telling me to get in. I mean, in the day's like, oh, hold up. I'm enjoying watching it from <laughs> from the sideline. But also what made Steve so special is that he worked. I mean, he really worked on his craft. I mean, those little pull-up jump shots. He would go off the wrong foot. It would seem unorthodox. But those were things he did each and every day in practice. That's what made him so special. And ironically, as good as a basketball player, as great as a basketball player, that he is and was, he was even a better person.
3: Yeah. Steve Nash, uh, he's in Kevin Durant's documentary where he's getting ready for the season. They show his entire offseason. And Nash is teaching KD one-on-one. Is is that what? Does he rent himself out or would that just be a favor to Kevin Durant?
5: Uh, you know that's but yeah about the respect Kevin Durant has to yeah. go to Steve mm-hmm. and ask him about certain things. now keep th- keep in mind, Kevin Durant also looked at okay, incorporating some things Dirk did with this game with the little one footer fall away. you know that's what great players do now a lot of times players don't want to admit that they do it, but I think it goes to the respect that you have for a Steve Nash what he was able to accomplish, especially those back-to-back MVP years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was incredible my time I spent playing with Steve, um, the relationship we were able to establish on and off the court, but just watching his game mature from where he came from, uh, was it out of Santa Clara? Mm-hmm. When he came in, um, in Phoenix for, as a backup, okay, and then, and then came the- to Dallas. Dallas, yeah, okay, and watched how things matured. I think about it, too. If he had stayed at Dallas at the time, when Mark Cuban didn't think that long longevity wise it was worth paying Steve Nash, people forget about that. Yep. Yep. Phoenix took the chance, and because of Mike D'Antoni and that style of play, it fit his game and it just expanded. I was so happy for him. Yeah, I yeah. felt bad for him. Him and Dirk were so tight. Yeah, they, no, they were tight tight. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, tight <laughs> tight. Yeah, yeah, tight yeah. tight.
2: Um. I got to ask you about some of the other players you played with too. We mentioned Alonzo, mm-hmm. we mentioned Jamal. Um, I I got to ask you about Yao Ming. This is oh, fascinating to yeah. me because this is a guy. He comes into the league. He, he, for the most amazing thing about that guy, first of all, he comes to the league. He can't speak English at all. Well, he doesn't want to speak English.
1: A year later, he's
2: fluent. Like he's like beyond fluent.
5: Let me tell you something about Yao. Yao was really savvy with the media. If he didn't want to answer anything, he didn't speak. He didn't speak English. <laughs> no, no, don't don't understand. No, when he wanted to get something across, he would speak English. So yeah. oh, Yao had a bad. He could. I mean, very intelligent, yeah. very highly, but really quiet. Right. Yao mean really, really quiet. Um, but he, when he wanted to speak and understand, he understood.
2: Was he? Uh, you know, obviously injuries cut his career short. But you're watching him. Or are you like? You know, that was worth it spending that number oh, one yeah. overall pick. Man. Oh, yeah.
5: He, he's a lot like, I don't know if you remember a guy, Arvita Sabonis, who oh, played man, in the league. I love Sabonis. Now, now, we got, I played with him in Portland, but it was the back end of his career. Right. But you could see the skill set that he had, especially passing the Can basketball. you
2: imagine if Sabonis had oh, been please. in the NBA when he was young? Uh, like, he might have been un- one of the greatest un- players un- ever.
5: Unbelievable. And his son is doing well at uh, Gonzaga. But uh, Yao Ming, a lot of same similarities. One, he had soft hands, he had small hands, which allows him to shoot a jump shot but also be a terrific free-throw shooter because he doesn't have the same problems like a Shaq right. or a Dwight Howard with oversized hands where they have no feel for the ball. Excellent passer. He understood how to play, but he was so soft-spoken. I think it's because being Chinese when you're tall, I think you tend to bring yourself down in regards to the intimidation factor. Hmm. A lot of times you can see Yao really kind of shrink a little bit personality-wise because he was so intimidating from his size. And I think at times that hurt him in his basketball maturation. Interesting. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. he wasn't as aggressive at times that he really needed to be because from a skill set perspective, oh, he can just dominate you. But yeah. at times he would he would fall into that, that, that situation where he would back up a little
3: bit. That's the first time I ever heard that having smaller hands in basketball is a good thing because you always see pictures of the guy's palm in the ball and you're like, oh, man,
5: he's all right. Uh-huh. Well, think about it. The guys that shoot excellent free throws that are post players, Patrick Ewing didn't have oversized hands. Rashid Wallace, uh, Akeem Olajuwon, and I already mentioned Yao Ming um, from that perspective. Um, David Robinson, not the same as uh, Shaq, but you, you, you got a different – if you look at Shaq, when he's palming the ball, it's like a little grapefruit. Yeah. So and how, that guy in the Spurs right now well, is the same thing. It's the same thing. So, Kawhi. It's like, yeah. Co- yeah. No, no, no. no, no. They, the, um, the center. Oh, oh, the big guy. The, yeah, yeah. So how do you – there's no way you can have touch – when you're basically palming the basketball, and it's like a little grapefruit from the free throw line, it's almost like Correct. a shot put. Yep. Never thought of you that. You mentioned right?
2: Rashid Wallace. I could ask you about, I could just sit here and talk to you for 14 <laughs> hours, but I just want to talk about that guy. Could he not have been also one of the, like, I know he was great. Yeah. But he, he could have been so much greater.
5: He, you know, the funny thing about Rashid, I think he was one of the top players to come out of high school, went to North Carolina. He never really got caught up, and we played together in Portland in regards to being an all star or being like, he he just loved to play the game. He mm-hmm. he was just only thing. The way I can describe it is he was just Rashid. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could have been one of the best power forwards to play the game ever. And right. it's not like he didn't work, but I don't. You know how Kobe his drive is. I just want to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. Rashid's drive wasn't that. Right. You know he was comfortable being Rashid, um, being the third fourth option at times. Um, but when you saw his talent, you're just like.
2: He must have been hilarious on the court, oh, no, like just the trash talking. Trash
5: talking <laughs> in the tech. But he would get you in trouble, too, because of the technical files. Yeah. Like, "She, come on, man, calm down. <laughs> I mean, calm, just you're not, we don't need it right now. <laughs> right now is not the time to get the tech. Oh, my God. Uh, oh,
3: before we get into rapid fire. Uh-oh. um if you're, these are uh, questions that sent it to us from uh, our. Yeah, I saw. I saw the
5: one guy. He said, "Well, first question: Who the hell is Jim Jackson?" <laughs> 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 but, and he didn't say hell. He said, "Who the f?" Is? <laughs> For, but I want to ask you. It's all right, they don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah. If
3: you're starting a team right now, oh. Curry or LeBron?
5: Oh man!
2: After la- after this week, it's...
5: I know, man. Uh I still go with LeBron. Now. I don't sure. think you're wrong on either answer. No, there, no, no, no. no. You, you're Obviously. not. I think for a short period of time, LeBron is still going to get you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, could Curry? You put Curry in Cleveland? Could he take that team to a, to a title? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think so, hmm. because it's just a difference. Now, Curry surrounded by the talent he has, is nothing taken away. But I look at it from that perspective that um, LeBron has been able to take that mediocre Cleveland team when they played San Antonio. Uh, when he was in Cleveland, before he left to go to Miami, yeah. took them to the finals. Yeah, that's true. Not not saying that Miami was slouched, but he took them to the finals. He took this Cleveland team. It's it's only a handful of, not even a handful, a small percent of players that can do that. And I don't think Curry, on his own, has that kind of impact. Like LeBron does.
3: And he does. not LeBron, I don't know how LeBron sleeps tonight. He's got like his... His own media empire there. I mean, he's, Everything that he's doing off the court. And he handles
2: a- it. Like, the thing about LeBron that amazes mm-hmm. me, Jim, is that we've been hearing about him since he was 12, 13 right. years old. And to me, like, if that was me, my life's off the rails. I'm a disaster, <laughs> right? I let it get to my head. But he, not only, not only did he not screw up, but he just excelled and continued to get better and better, and more media savvy, and so right, mature. Right. And the decision to me that was not his fault. That was like guys giving the But then he even the admitted he screwed that well, up. He, right. He, well,
5: he, yeah, he did. And I think it's because one, at that time, think about it. You're young. You 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 want to walk. The, he was torn. If you watch that over and over, he was torn with that decision. Yeah. Okay. He knew how, but he tried to massage it enough where. It wasn't like he was, you know, I, I think just flat out leaving Cleveland. Right. You know, but I think he was torn. But to go back to the point, I think a lot of it had to do with how he grew up, okay, with his mom and moving from place to place. But also, he had some great mentors as he got older through high school, you know, junior high and high school. They kind of taught him the way. And he always looked at it, you know, and I know him and his uh, his really close friends that he, LeBron has always been a team player. From when he was in high school, LeBron could have averaged fifty points. Right. Easy, and I would say he's easy, but but that 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 wasn't his per. That's not his personality. That
2: was what was so unique about him. You're like this is like Magic Johnson in a in a bigger body. You well, think right? about
5: this from the business perspective. It's it's a perfect timing because of the media, because of the internet, because of social media, and because of the opportunities he had to to with Warren Buffett. To take advice from from him to sit here <laughs> so and say amazing. how do I grow my 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 empire how do I grow my image? well right. he was smart enough to understand what he didn't know, which was to get people in his camp now their now their team his guys they all went through a growing phase too when he kind of put everybody in charge they had some bumps in the road yep. but by doing that and growing together, his empire think about now he's in the media side he's in the film side. Oh, yeah, he was great in Drainwreck. Um, you know, yeah. Well, he was great. Now, he he's, was. He's doing, the, he's doing the reality TV show about Cleveland, about going in about businesses and helping them out to kind of fix some things. So he's the ultimate, whereas before it was all about just play basketball, just be, play yeah, basketball. stay bit, in your lane. Stay in your lane. Now yeah. you're, you're your own corporation, and, and nobody other than Magic and some other guys ha- have done it better. And it's interesting because his star, from that perspective, continues to grow.
2: Um. Very quickly, before I get to Rapify, we have to ask you about Kobe. Does oh, yeah.
5: Kobe have any friends? He does. <laughs> you, it, it, you know, you know. It, it's, it, it's funny because it may not seem like it, and I played with Kobe for half a year, and you're the last one to wear 24. Yeah, before. I, amazing. Amazing. yeah I let him wear it. No, but
2: yeah. but <laughs> you're like, when you when you you get there, is he? Is he nice to you? Is he just like, yeah, I know who you are, Jim Jackson? Is he sort of dismissive? Is he? Does it take a while to get into, like, earn his trust? Like, he's such a it's, fascinating it's, it's, human it's, being. It's
5: weird. If you saw Muse, anything, I always figured that because he came from overseas and didn't fit in, that's, man, to the that's urban culture, that his isolation, his way of fitting in, was playing basketball and being the best. So he invested all of that time into that, right. and really not. The personality part. And I think as he got older now, and you can see it now, he probably looks back at it and said, I wish I could have done this earlier. But to him, his only way to be the best was that the isolation. Now, when I got to the Lakers, which is funny, Kobe and I hung out a lot. So before games, a lot of times we would go, I know he likes steak, we would go to different steak places on the road. And it, ironically, his bodyguards at the time came up to me and said, well, Jimmy, you know Kobe doesn't do this. He doesn't hang out. I said, what do you mean? I mean, this, we're teammates. This is what teammates – he said, well, he doesn't do it. So I got a unique perspective of the other side of Kobe. Hmm. I mean, we talked a lot about different things, and and I, I just – I think now when he looks back at it, he probably would say I would do some things different from a personality perspective. But he did isolate himself a lot. I mean, if some, if we we're on the plane. He would be in the back, and the rest of the team would be up front, which mm. is tough. Yeah, from a you know from a team dynamic perspective. But I think he's changed that over the, you know, over the course of the last maybe eight to nine years.
2: It's amazing to watch this last season. You know, like it's
5: tough to watch too, though. It kind of is. It, it is. It, it, it's for me, because and I talked about this before. Who does he see? And once I think once he came to the realization that he wasn't Kobe from ten years ago, and he made the decision to retire. That kind of, I think, took a lot of weight off his back. But he's such a competitor, it's no way that he's not going to try to compete. But you see now, in the fourth quarter, he may not be in there. He's giving yeah. encouragement to the younger players, yeah. which which tells a lot Go about where he's at. whatever your name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well, who, who? Number 22. Uh, uh, number five. Just shoot and pass
2: it. Who's that kid? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it, Byron, that, who's that? That's part
5: of his growth, though. That's the beauty yeah. of it, and you don't really see it and talk about it. But... That's part of his maturation into, and he talked about being a teacher um, to these young players. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked me, could Kobe coach? I said, I, I think it would be difficult. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I think from, a, he, from I think a, a personality like, perspective, yeah, yeah I, you know, even management, I don't know hmm. because I don't, he's so driven but yet isolated
2: it's like you said about lebron lebron's a team player so he knows how to fit into all he could do a million things whereas kobe as you said has isolated himself so all of a sudden you have to teach yourself to work
5: with people how interesting is it going to be the next let's see the next five years six years about Kobe. Like, Tim Duncan is a guy we know would just disappear off the face of the earth when he retired. We already know that. Kobe's
3: doing that, too. He's going to buy an island or something.
5: But but you know what I mean? We know Tim. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see Kobe... We had this conversation five years from yeah, now. Yeah, what he's doing. What he's Tim yeah. Duncan
2: literally will own one of the U.S. Virgin oh, Islands. Oh yeah, no question, no question. <laughs> no, no question.
5: And, have, and have a swim team there because he you know he swam when he was in high school. So
2: yeah. Uh, all right, let's do rapid fire. This has been Uh-oh. awesome. Let's do it. I could go for hours. Uh oh. All right, first one is up Mike. is from Sayer L four best trash
5: talker. Oh Michael Jordan. Well, Michael Jordan, Gary Payton. Oh man.
2: Uh, head to, head Michael to Jordan hands.
5: told me this. We're playing. We beat them in Jersey. This is when they won 72 games. So we beat them in Jersey. We had a 28. Sam Cassell had a 25. We go to Chicago. We play them. Me and Mike are talking trash back and forth. We lose a game. I had 33. But, we, but, but they won. So Joe Klein, after the game, goes up to Mike and said, Mike, leave my young fellow alone, Jimmy. He said, no, me and Jimmy are cool. But tell him that's why he's wearing my shoes. <laughs> I had some jump man, And I said, yeah, I'm going to continue to wear them, too.
2: Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I think Gary, like, legendary, oh, right? Gary like, was
5: he, – he cut to the heart, too. Right. <laughs> I mean, Gary cut, Gary cut to the heart. Man. Did it he ever was, make anyone cry? No, nah, but it, he, he about, Gary would get personal. Oh, man, he would cut you to the core. Gary's from Oakland. Like yeah, Gary. <laughs> Jeez, he'd keep it going, too. Why are you sitting on the bench here still? I mean <laughs> – Jerry was good, man. <laughs> hey, Larry Bird was a heck of a trash talker yeah? too. No, yeah,
2: how weird was that? You're starting your career, you're playing against like Larry Bird, and, and well,
5: one of the things I heard too was they were playing in Atlanta, and this is what I got: that uh, it was a white guy that was guarding him, and he looked at the bench, he said, "You insult him, you better get this white guy off." <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he always says yeah. that. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right,
2: this one's from Ron. Out of any teammate you have played with, who was the cheapest? Oh, I like that. Beside
5: myself? Uh, <laughs> oh, Lucius Harris. I played with Lucius. He went to Long Beach State, and I played with him in Dallas. He had, like, this El Camino with the extended cab in the back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Great car. It, that, yeah. was a, that was an L.A. thing, too, at the time. Lucius Harris it goes beyond frugal. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, he wouldn't spend his – get per diem on the road.
2: Pockets that Pocket. not oh, no, he's not
5: spinning. Oh no, no. his <laughs> hair, without without a doubt.
2: All right, this is from Aaron Zaikowski. Have you seen Sean Bradley naked? Wow, that's a that's a
5: shocking. Where one. would you, what impact. would wow. make you even think wow. of that question?
3: Do you read so these before you Sean ask Sean Bradley? Oh. No, You're because I, I
5: wasn't on the team with Sean, so there I got you. traded to Jersey, and, and he went to Dallas. So. Fortunately, I didn't have to see that specimen of a body <laughs> soaking wet coming Holy out the shower. Man, no, badly.
2: nightmares. Uh, this is from Jenny Sports a lot. If you could play with any player from another sport, what player and what sport would oh, that be? I like
5: that. If I could play,
2: yeah, any sport. Like with be any a
5: teammate. <clears throat> be a teammate,
2: or or even golf, or anything really.
5: Oh, that's a good yeah. question. Yeah. I grew up a big Len juan fan. I'm a big Pittsburgh Steeler fan i mean he would be one just because I, I just loved him as a wide receiver from a different sport um Derek jeter okay just just i mean that'd be really cool to play with somebody like that did
3: you ever have ever have a moment in your career when you stepped on the court and you looked over and you're like oh <laughs> or you're like oh, i can't believe i'm playing with that against that guy
5: oh yeah when my first time I played, I played against Michael Jordan, it was like it was just me and him on the court, That's... nobody else. The crowd didn't make noise. It was, it was, it was surreal. I mean, everything was in slow motion. Um, when I was in Dallas, because for so many years you saw and you looked up to that particular player. Yeah. Um. It was almost it was almost similar. Magic was on the back end, but when played against Magic too. But I I played with Magic in summer stuff like that. But yeah, when I played Mike the first time, it was. Surreal.
2: So, in your mind, you know he's considered the greatest of all time. In your mind, no question.
5: Yeah, because I don't. It's, it's hard to. I didn't. I didn't see Wilt Platt and see Oscar Robertson. I didn't see those guys in that era play. It's just like, you know, the, the generation today doesn't really know Michael Jordan. Really yeah. understand how good you, they know Steph and they know LeBron and yeah. KD. They don't understand how powerful Michael Jordan was as a player. They understand his brand by going out to get his shoes. But they don't understand him. And, and that, that's what happens when you start talking about generations. That's why it's hard to say who's the greatest of all time because when Wilton, those guys played, and, and Bill Russell, the league was totally different. You only had so many teams. In the 90s, the game was different than it is now. So it's, it's, it's very difficult when you start talking about that. Have you played golf with Michael? No, it's too expensive for me. Man. <laughs> hey, man. What's that, he playing that, for that, a hole? Them, them boys, they bet on everything. Now, they may go out there. And if you got cash or you got to cut a check, sometimes it could be 40, 50 grand, 100 grand. I mean, no, they bet on every, I'm good on that one. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I like to gamble and I like to have it, but I like to enjoy. You can't enjoy yourself when betting oh, you bet. F- your pants in on every shot. I mean, come on. It, it's, it's a, well, you can't make that putt put five grand on. It. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You can't drive it here. You can't, I mean. So who can afford that? Who's he? That- Not me. And then, <laughs> and then is this world people, though, or is he playing? You no, know, at- he's is playing it? with other athletes. And okay. then if you don't
2: pay, Oakley, right there, boom, oh, he's they, got you. Well, that's what I'm,
5: I mean. I <laughs> I, I it's funny because I was just with Oak. Oak took care of me when I was growing up. He's, he's from Cleveland. So he kind of taught me the ways. I was with Oakley this weekend. Uh, we were in a Alonzo event in in, um, in Miami and going through some of the stories of Oh, my God. Of that him. guy. I don't know if you heard. He A couple of times, he, Jeff McGinnis, who they played for the Clippers. Oh, Oak. He had a little beef thing going on, and it was shoot around. Oak walked into their shoot around <laughs> and basically slapped Jeff McGinnis on the court at shoot around and dared
2: anybody to say anything. So there's the next question: Was he like the most intimidating player? Uh, that it ever was played it with Oak. Oak,
5: okay. Xavier McDaniel. Yeah. He was one that was that would go fight Derek Coleman. Oh yeah. Okay. Coleman, my God. Rick Mahorn. I tell you, all look, those pistons. I, right? Yeah, and I tell you who else was who else was like that. You would is it, Vernon Maxwell. Yeah, uh, V was he was something else, Florida kid. I mean he he would fight a drop of a dime. So a lot of these <laughs> other guys that you want to act tough, it was certain guys you just knew. I'm good. Hey, like, like yeah. you, you well, know I'm what? Good. Like, I, I'm good.
2: Like I look like at, at Matt Barnes now, right? nah, bruh, like, It, I, it I, wouldn't even
5: <laughs> it wouldn't even be a story. Matt Barnes, stop it. Really? No.
2: Oh no! I only say that because I just I would want Matt Barnes on my team
5: because he's psychotic. Oh Oh, no, no! (laughs) You would love him because he would irritate. Right, but you know, a lot of times that could it, it could be. It could it could hurt you too because at the inopportune time it could be a foul, it could be emotional, but right. he's been able to control that a little bit more and really irritate. It's funny though how he would irritate Kobe then they were on the same team, you know. Then what <laughs> what I mean? Kobe's like I love that on my <laughs> team. Whereas before he irritate the <laughs> out of him, you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Ah uh, man, Oakley though. What oh a... no, Oak was <laughs> Hey man,
5: he was he just even now else.
2: like out now I'd be terrified. Yeah, he's
5: kind. something else. Like some of the stories I heard the other day, I was just like. Pfft.
2: We got one more rapid Yeah, fight. one more from see, Luca Capone. Luca. You're coming back, Jim. we oh, yeah. yeah, were coming. just scratching have to, have the surface. Come on. This is, uh, this is about the college days. How fiery was the rivalry with Michigan, especially when battling the Fab Five?
5: You know, ironically, it wasn't. That, our rival at the time was Indiana. Hmm. It, Michigan came in when I was a junior. They were freshmen. Now, we obliterated them twice during the regular season. They beat us in the Elite Eight. They, they got better as a team. So, it's always hard to beat a team three times. But, honestly – in in my college career, our battles were with Cal Cheney, Bob Knight, Damon Bailey. Those guys at Indiana. It wasn't Michigan. Now that was, that was always a football thing, but basketball, no.
3: Your number twenty two is retired by Ohio State. And do you still have a place back in Columbus? No, no, not. You know, no. I'm in
2: L. A. Once in L. Yeah, a. L.A. LA, now, LA, LA now. open. But up. you, were, you so, went to a lot of Blue Jackets yeah, it, games. You were tight with oh, no, the owner. I, you know, yeah. what, I would love.
5: I, I got a better appreciation for hockey by going. Yeah. And it's a lot like basketball, right? You know, spacing on the court, passing. Now you don't get the hockey assist, like you you know in basketball. Like should you we? could get. Should you we? Should. Do that? I'm telling you, a yeah. lot of times that swing, swing pass. Why not? It gets it. But I learned so much, and I you know more than I learned about the game. just crazy, as how crazy hockey players really are. I thought we were crazy. I thought football players were crazy. I hung out with some hockey players. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, it, it is a totally different <laughs> phenomenon. It's a totally different I had so much fun, but I was just like, <laughs> I can't do this. Yeah. I mean, I just I my liver would be just, just it would be just too bad. I couldn't do it.
2: Uh this has been awesome. We you gotta
5: come back. Anytime we,
2: I would just like barely scratch the surface. We, gotta, we so can, can really get about. into the
5: meat of a lot we of could different make this things. A regular segment. Yeah. You know that yeah. we we can get to the meat of a lot of different off-topic, different sports. Yeah. Oh we, yeah, we can yeah. talk entertainment. Oh we, yeah, we can do it. Absolutely, I got some stories.
2: <laughs> would you ever want to do? Would you ever want to get in like entertainment reporting or?
5: Heck yeah, I, you we, could do that. You know why? Because it's it, it's an interconnection between sports and entertainment. And fortunately, when I was growing, when I was coming through my younger stages, a lot of us all interacted in a lot of the same places. So I got a chance to meet Will Smith and Tom Cruise and all these different people because. One, the beauty about basketball is that people can see you. They they see us on the court. So we're easily recognized. That's true. That's and a great point. They, and they want to hang out with they, you. They hang, and they want to hang then basketball players uh, want to be, want to hang out with the entertainers too. Sure. So it's it's a great cross mix. And, and here's the thing with the game about basketball, the thing about basketball, you can play by yourself. You can play with five people, you can play with two people. A lot of other sports, you need a collection of people to do it. Mm-hmm. Basketball, you don't. You know, it's not like that's soccer. A great point. Yeah. You know, but you, but and I think people are attracted to that, and it's it's allowed me to really interact with a lot of people I never ever would have met, and now that are good friends. Now, you know, 10, 15 years later, that we all met back in you know early '90s. Oh man. And now we're best buddies. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I got my I got my I got my Canadian crew right here. That's your T. Oh <laughs> wait, and 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 the best part. What's the name of the what's the name of the bar in Hollywood oh. we were just talking about? Oh,
2: the Jumbo's Clown Room. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're going! Oh, oh yeah, I, I, Jim's coming. I'm, I'm pumped. Oh, I oh, can't wait to discover
3: this place. You're,
2: I'm pumped. I, it's, I love it so much. What's
3: the best thing about it?
2: I, just, you know what? I people know on this podcast, okay. I'm a fan of strip clubs. I enjoy strip clubs. I, I love the brass rail to the in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is a normal thing. Right. But what I love about that place is it's actually the kind of strip club that you could bring your girl to, or you you could bring a big group of guys and girls to, or a bunch of guys. It's just I can't believe they haven't tried to replicate this in other cities. Is that it's right? It's a dive bar that's a strip club, essentially. It's like a dive bar that happens to have girls on stage. And they're not like silicone-enhanced girls. They're more Courtney
5: Love. Natural. Inter... They're, yeah, natural. they're natural. They're nat- girls. Nat- natural, natural girls. They're natural girls. And we just
3: discovered last night that once a year they put on, like, clown makeup.
1: It's
5: crazy. Well... <laughs> it's a oh, wait, weird wait, 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 spot. Wait, 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 right, right, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. They put on... <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Welcome to your nightmare. Oh, wait, yeah. wait, is, it the,
5: is, is it the makeup all over? No, just or, the head. Or I just, think. The head? Yeah, I think just the
2: head. Yeah, I think just the face. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know about that night. We don't have to go
5: that night. Yeah, that that. <laughs> that so, might so, me. so wait, wait. Slow walk me. Let me get. Let me get initiated. Oh, let yeah. me. get, get up, comfortable. All, oh yeah, and then. Yeah.
2: Well, and and it's in a like a lot of great LA places. It's in a s- divey strip yeah. mall. You know, LA is so fascinating that way because you have some of the best restaurants, the yep. most enjoyable bars are in places that if you were in Columbus or you were in Winnipeg or Toronto, uh-huh. you'd be like, I'm not going to that They're freaking going in there. Yeah. strip mall. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's weird. It's like, no, dude, you got to go to that strip mall. Oh. That's where Joe so we'll is.
3: We, we found our first we'll out-up. We'll Jim, up. thanks for coming
2: on. Thanks, Jim. Got Appreciate it. I him. Jim got Jackson. It. Jim Jackson, what a guy. We it's like I said, we could have gone another two hours just yeah, chatting, did. asking him about different NBA players. He will be back. Um, he's a good dude. Uh, Okay, it's time to play Six Degrees of Engineer Jim with our award-winning sound engineer, Jim. We got... I don't know about this one, Jim. Ian (laughs) Aruhujo. Aruhujo. Who who are they? Rafael Aruhujo? No, no. I didn't even look. This is the the guy who sent it in. Sorry, this is the guy who sent it in. And the artist he sent in uh, was a guy who has a new album dropping that was called Swish and is now called Waves. What? You're allowed to change the name? Just He's before? changed it like seconds. Seconds before it's coming out. But you couldn't have done that in the old days because the, the album Pressing, would have been printed yeah. and pressed. But he doesn't care. It's Kanye West. Kanye West. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes.
4: It's distant. It's very distant. But it's six degrees. Counts. It is six degrees. And uh, really, the only relationship is uh, I'm down with the booty. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> what? what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what is it? With Kim. <laughs> you like her Oh, high. yeah, yeah. Come I'm,
2: on. I'm di- oh, Kim. Kim-, Kim. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Props to the missus Yeah, she know. worked hard to get that fame. Yeah, come on, hey Yeah, she worked <laughs> real hard <here>. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> You never know when you can balance a champagne glass Right It's, it's a lot of, of talent D- That's actually tush. pretty impressive Yeah, it's pretty good Okay, All right, so we hear, um, oh, Before we do still <laughs> so, here.
2: it's the year of Dan? We never get to hear it's the year of Dan 2016 The year of
1: Dan
2: What did you expect?
4: Sorry Joe. There you go. <laughs> so uh no, we just worked at the same studio. He's worked at Record Plant and a couple of places in LA and I Worked at the record plant forever. Why
2: so. would he go? I we think he'd have so much recording equipment, his own studio and his own home. Why would he go to uh, the record plant and just to change a scenery because yeah. he can? Yeah, Cause now
4: because he, he can, but he's got to get uh, out, out of the house.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's a good reason. Yeah. yeah, get the hell away from Kim.
4: And one. now, a lot of those guys, hey, you know, guys hey, if up. they're in Vegas, they work in a studio in Vegas, if they're in New York, you know, but yeah. uh, uh. I think his record plant days were, you know, before he and Kim were married and he built the studio and all that stuff. Yeah. And, no, and no,
2: the no.
3: second one is from. Damn, this one. good. And
4: I think the guy's a he, he, amazingly talented. By the way, he he's is. he's brilliant. Uh, so
3: the good. second one from Camden Smith, uh, Oasis.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Gallagher brothers.
4: Um, again, distant connection. Uh, they did uh, a brothers tour with while well, they still
3: uh, when they were still getting along when
4: when they were still getting along and they toured with the Black Crows right the brothers no, tour yeah so brothers and brothers you know man like the Robinson brothers yeah yeah you know? and so uh, my connection to them is through the Black Crows with my connection to the Crows and like Kanye West I also recorded. Um, at a studio where Oasis did a lot of their stuff at Olympic Studios in London, which is a great studio. Uh, Stones recorded there. Uh, Queen. How often have you been to that studio? A couple of times. It was That's great. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Is it you, you like w-
2: the setup for like a big European studio like that compared to something here in LA? Is it significantly different it, or pretty much the, the same?
4: Uh, the big room is really impressive. It's huge. It's like. The big room at Capitol, or you know, you can fit a huge orchestra in there and stuff like that. Um, and the small room downstairs is very similar to a lot of the modern studios around.
2: Joe, what do you think of Oasis? Are you were you in Oasis? Uh, yeah, I was.
4: I was. Uh, what's that album? Uh, what's the story? Morning Glory. Mm-hmm. I, I liked. A, I liked a lot of that stuff. Uh,
3: Wonderwall. Yeah,
4: I like that song. I thought they were pretty cool. I thought they were great too. Yeah, yeah. it's too bad they couldn't get along. Just couldn't. You
2: know? they just brothers. Just couldn't get along because 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 the Noel wrote all the songs, and and he needed Liam because he had a better voice. Yeah, and Liam was just a little prick. <laughs> Shut up, mom. <laughs> <laughs> And then after a while, it was like, just got rich enough that he didn't need the, the prick anymore.
4: Yeah, and, I, you know, it's one of those things, too. They got real big, and I, I think, you know, there was probably a little bit of uh, drugs and alcohol involved oh, in a lot of that well rage, too. yeah. They enjoyed yeah. these
2: scoops and snacks <laughs> more, more than perhaps any band of the night.
4: Yeah, but, man, those guys, they, they were good. I don't know yeah. if you ever saw them live or anything, but they were, I'm, they I'm were really good. I'm embarrassed to say good.
2: I never did. Jacob, did you ever see them live? No, I can't believe... We, how did we not see them
4: live? Yeah, nah, they'll, they'll reunite. They'll
2: they'll reunite. reunite. They'll we'll get we'll our ch- chance. We'll get our chance. <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, how are we for time? Five minutes. I forgot to mention, when I was in Toronto, I went up in the CN Tower for the first time since I was like 10. You get up there and you're like, what do I do now?
2: Oh, you went with the with the girls. <laughs> I up brought my there.
3: girls up. You're there, and you're like, okay, well, okay, I've made it up here.
2: That's like any you know, going up the Space Needle or whatever Empire State Building. Like it's great, but then you're just like, okay, I couldn't walk deal. on the glass floor. My kids did. But, you could uh, you could have dinner at the top of the CN Tower, yeah. or you could do that thing that I don't understand why people do that that where they not yeah. repel, but essentially have a, a cord that holds them against the top of the tower outside. Yeah. And they just lean back. No and just way. Yeah, Sydney like thought
3: that's what we were doing. I'm like, hell no, I'm
2: not doing that. <laughs> not, wow. I don't know why anyone would do that. Yeah. Why not, why eh? Why would anyone do
3: that? Why would anyone do that?
2: <laughs> and then this morning, when we got on the plane coming back here, I get a tap on my shoulder, and it's uh, our old friend, Sean McCormick. Jennifer he's now Hedger's working husband. in sales. Jennifer Hedger's husband, great guy. And he's heading to L.A. to do some business. And he said, uh, he's like, well, I just passed. Toolsy looks like. Because like you were covered in a blanket, shivering. Yes. Like you look. Like you should probably not be here. Right I probably
3: now. shouldn't. Why I do not you go home? I was go sweating. Rest. I was. I was horrible. <laughs> I, don't,
2: I don't. Maybe I won't come in tomorrow. All oh, right. Okay. Sick day. <laughs> this is awesome. Get a nurse to come over. Oh, I see things are going well in, we LA, are in L.A. for like you. the olden days. Yeah, a little rub down. You sat in the doctor too, <laughs> Hey,
1: babe, you want to go out?
2: <laughs> a shave. <laughs> a quick shave, a uh, quick body shave. Uh, okay. it is getting hot in there. Though. Can we do, what's that? I think I've lost 10 pounds <clears throat> I've been sweating so much. Doesn't show. Here we go. Let's do Touch My Bag. Yeah, let's do it. It's time to touch their bag. The Jay and Dan mailbag. This one's from Hans Boss. (laughs) He says, hi. Hi. From Switzerland. Hi. 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 Hey, bods. Yes, you do indeed have fans all the way in Bern, Switzerland. Loyal listener here from the very first podcast days at TSN. Love the new crew. Jim's a legend. Dan's blowing his nose. Mike does the most with what he's got. Okay. Sh- Shregs might be my idol. Taggart's a true bod. Started listening to OLP because of him. I'm even good with Pat, since I'm a Pens fan, and he's from the Berg. Anyway, just wanted to let you guys know how far your influence reaches. Keep up the good work. You guys are awesome. Your bud, Hans. We When we were at the Labatt thing over the weekend, a guy from Scotland, a guy from Glasgow, came up to us and said, I've been listening to the podcast podcast forever and tons of people in Scotland listen to your podcast I know we're big in Scotland
3: yes let's go to let's go to Scotland I want to go down let's go there this one's from crapstifer (laughs) d'angelo holy balona wondering what's the best way to tell if I need to poop now or can hold it for a more convenient time (laughs) I figure Toolsy must be the best resource for how to hold it and Mm -hmm. Andre for how not to so surely between you two is the magic formula love the pods Keep it up. Uh, my my body is well trained. My bowels, uh, like after work, I'll pull into my park parking lot, and then the bowels like we're home, and they just start. They here, start we here we go. We're
2: ready. Come
3: on, it'll be fine. Daddy's gonna take care of us yeah, now. They know at work they're on lockdown.
2: No, it's
1: yeah, not gonna happen duh. here. We'll
2: go to sleep, night night, bowels, bow bow. Yours
3: bow. are just. <laughs> see, yours are like your bowels are brat. It's a brat. It just does yeah, whatever it wants. They're
2: brats, and they run the show. They're like my kid, my bowels are like my kid. They just run the show. Do whatever the hell they want. No, <laughs> watch Like the, today, I was dropping bomb farts on that plane. Oh no! You know what I was doing because I I had an excuse oh. because my wife and I were sitting together with my daughter, and my I'd be like, oh, I better go change her, and my wife would be like, you just changed her like ten minutes ago. I'm, no, probably pretty sure I, she's been farting. I would go up go to the little bathroom, just fill it with just the most disgusting smells. Even my daughter, she's like a baby. She's like, what is going on Gaga, You are awful. And then go back again. <laughs> and then 15 minutes later, I'd be like, ooh, I think I got to change her again. My wife's like, really? Like, what is going on? You sure are cute, kid. Go back, fart it up again. That whole... <laughs> Nobody should have gone in any of the toilets on Air Canada 791 from L.A. To, Did from you Toronto watch to LA. A, a film? I uh, Watch Despicable Me with the volume off. My life sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Old wow. man, you're
3: you
1: dying. <laughs> you're dying.
3: Yeah, let's go.
5: Yeah, let's <laughs> shut
3: it down. Uh, thanks so to Jim Jackson. Thanks to Peter Schreger uh, for coming on. Is Jim on Twitter? He is. <laughs> it's on there. Uh, at uh, Jim Jackson hmm. 419. At Ben Teller.
2: Ben. You're
1: number one cop on the
2: you You're Robbie. great, man. At Pat Muldowney. He's got a lot of new ink. At Engineer underscore Jim. Coachella. Come on. We're going to be there together. <laughs> Delicious. You can at-
3: also follow Jacob on Twitter. Jacob, what's your uh, Twitter handle? At Jacob Bowman.
2: Rich, what are you on Twitter?
1: Uh,
2: at- Say that one more time. At Rich underscore Cook, Rich is our new boss. So tell you know, talk to Rich about what we should do on the wow. podcast.
3: Tell him to sign us to a ten-year deal. Ten-year deal.
2: At Jim Jackson four one nine, you probably mentioned that. Sorry. At Jay and Dan, and don't forget at Jay and Dan on Instagram. And uh, we'll see you next week. God, it's been a terrific week. Oh, and happy birthday to Brady Lustich Brady, That's for Lustich. A shout out this week. Happy birthday, happy no, birthday, oh Lustig, Lustig. It's Lustic. Oh, okay. yeah. He okay. sent us a tweet. Not it's lustic. lustic. It's Lustic. Okay. And L- one more shout-out. What do they call the beer version of a sommelier? It's like a... Oh, can you look it up? A Craft beer sommelier? Beer? Engineer Jim. Engineer Jim. Is Jim. It's a like beer Ciceron. version of a sommelier. It's called a Cicerone. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I learned this yesterday at the Lebath thing. And uh, Michelle, who is the first Canadian Cicerone in Canada... Huge podcast fan. She was the girl who was talking to us toward the end. Anyway, we want to give her a big shout-out, Michelle. And happy Uh, birthday to Wayne
3: Gretzky, whose birthday was on uh, Tuesday.
2: Yesterday, right? Number
3: 99, turned 55.
2: 55. Producer Tim also turned 55. Producer Tim's birthday? Yeah, same day as Gretzky's. (laughs) The great ones. (laughs) (laughs) The
3: great
2: ones. (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you next week.
3: So long my time it is up Elvis
4: has just left the
1: building They're going home
0: Love you, boys. Have a great one.
5: Hi, this is Lisa Ann. This is the end of the podcast, so all you a- can get out of here.